How amazing is this church and this PM service? Please be seated. Hey, you know, it's honestly such an honour to be preaching uh, the word tonight as, as we do go into the final, final PM service. Just for now, you know, we will one day relaunch a PM service and we'll come back stronger, bigger and better than before. But it is truly my honour just to speak tonight. And I just want to thank Andrew Hill. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I called him up and said, Andrew, I have this word burning in my heart for our final PM service. Can I please take your spot and preach on the night? And he graciously said, yeah, that's fine. You're welcome to if you have a word on your heart. And, you know, I was thinking during the week, it's funny, my first ever preach was um, at a PM service. It was in the month of August. And uh, what I thought was funny was... Um, it, I actually preached out of Leviticus of all the scriptures that I could have picked for my first message. And that was uh, yeah, in August 2013, six years ago. But tonight I'm actually going to preach out of Leviticus again. So I'm super excited about that. So hey, um, we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 25. But let's just pray before we go there for tonight's scripture. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful moment this is. What a privilege it is to be in your house. Lord God, I thank you for the word that you've put on my heart for tonight. God, I believe it's a word that's going to clarify just the decision around this, this service. God, I believe it's a word that's going to encourage every single one of us in the area that we need to hear it tonight. So God, speak tonight through the power of your word. We thank you for the scripture, that it's relevant, alive and active today. So we open our hearts to receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Who's ready for God's word? God's going to speak to you tonight in a powerful way. Leviticus chapter 25 verses 1 to 7, is our foundational scripture for tonight's message. It says, The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest. Everyone say rest. A Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your unattended vines. The land to have a year of rest. Let's say rest again. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. My message title for you tonight is Resting the Field. Resting the Field. You know, uh, growing up as a boy and as a teenager, I regularly went to my grandma and grandpa's farm uh, in a place called Walla Walla. Who's heard of Walla Walla? Very Australian. It's like a uh, half an hour drive from Wagga Wagga. It's very close. Uh, but it's a small country town. Uh, my grandparents' property, uh, they had a, a lot of fields that surrounded just um, their home. And as a boy, you know, who knows when you go to your grandparents' place, Inside the home, it's actually quite boring. Like, there's nothing to do when you go to your grandparents' place. You know, they have their old photos, and they don't have a PlayStation or anything like that. So I had to find ways to entertain myself. And I'm thankful for it because, uh, you know, it forced me to actually go outside. Children these days don't do that that often. But I had to go outside into the fields and explore. And, um, you know, every year I decided to just develop this new thing that would keep me uh, interested for the whole weekend. And I went through many phases. One of them was golf. 
So, you know, I found an old set of golf clubs in my nan's shed and, you know, I was hitting like golf balls, like 50 at a time, just across the field and then back again. And I was doing that all weekend and that was a great way to tie myself out. Then I went on a phase of um, riding their quad bike around the farm. They had this big weed sprayer on the back, but I just all, all weekend just burned around the farm, just exploring the fields, up and down the dam, uh, looking around all the tractors that they had on the property. And it was incredible. I actually nearly killed myself because I was doing donuts. Um, and you know it wasn't fast enough, so I decided to lean out as I was doing donuts, which because uh, of the, my body weight, it, it actually tilted the quad bike and it rolled. And it was just the grace of God. I remember it was like slow motion as this thing was tipping. And we're talking about a, a, you know, it was a heavy quad bike. I remember like climbing up the bike and just jumping off it. And um, yeah, it was quite a scary moment for myself and my family, but um, lived to tell the tale. So I had a bit of a break from the quad bike for a while. But the next thing that I did is that I, I went and I bought myself one of these. Look at this savage weapon. Now, the reason I didn't bring any arrows tonight is because this is actually a very dangerous weapon and I didn't want something to go wrong on our final PM service by accidentally shooting someone. So for your safety and for mine, I just brought the bow. But this is actually a hunting bow. Um, it's a compound bow, 55-pound bow. It's quite strong. But um, it, it, was, it was way just more intense than I thought. So this isn't, something that, this isn't some cute little bow that you can just shoot like, you know, a little target 10 metres away. This thing would shoot an arrow like 200 metres. Like, it got to the point where I was shooting like this, obviously away from the house, and the arrows would just go like hundreds of metres. And um, I went through so many arrows, I just lost them. But it was awesome because it forced me to get out and I was jumping fences looking for these arrows. There was a point where I was just like shooting it straight up in the air and just watching these things rocket up in the air. They eventually, you know, reach their point and then they plummet straight down to earth. And I never ever hit a cow or a sheep or anything to my knowledge. So live, live to tell, the, yeah, live to my knowledge. So live to tell the tale. But that was just a fun little um, thing that I did for a, a couple of years. But, you know, the thing, the thing about God is that, you know, how, how I was you know, jumping fences, going into all these different fields, fields that actually weren't my nan's property. The thing about God is that God has many fields. And I say that literally and also metaphorically. Because God has so many different ways that he reaches people through the church and through individuals. So, for example, um, the AM service of our church is a field that God reaches people with. The PM service is a field of our church. C3 Queenbian is a field. When we go out into our connect groups, that's a field that God owns, that God reaches people in. But also, also literally, you know, God actually owns every field there is on the planet. You know, God created this earth, and, and it says in Psalm verse 24, verses 1 to 2, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. And in Psalm 50, it tells us that God actually owns a cattle on a thousand hills, on, on a thousand fields. So God owns every single bit of property, every single space and place on this planet Earth. And I guess my point is that just how on my nan's farm, I was shooting all these arrows up into the air and shooting them and they were going across into different fields. God actually does the exact same thing with people, is that God has no problem 
with shooting people across the nation you know, to plant churches. God has no problem in raising people up and shooting them into a nearby suburb to start a connect group. You know, God has no problem in shooting people into a new field. And, you know, as a C3 movement, that's what I love about C3 is that we, we have shot people across the world. I'm actually going to shoot this thing. See, that's savage. That's, that, that shoots people a long way. God shoots people across nations. You know, God shot our families from our church over to C3 Queanbeyan, and we launched that service. God shoots people across to our C3 Cares service. So God does that locationally, but also professionally, God shoots us across into different fields. We have different fields of work, different fields of interest. And just like Pastor Steve preached this morning, you know, we actually have a calling in our workplace. God shoots us off into all these different areas, these departments, so that God can get into every single space that's in this planet. Because the kingdom of God and the building of his church is always changing and moving because it's active. And here in our passage of Scripture in Leviticus, God's people... The Israelites are in the process of moving fields. So Moses had just led them out of slavery in Exodus, and they were on their way to the promised land, which was in Canaan. And, and so Canaan was a holy land. It was blessed. God described it as a land flowing with milk and honey. Because, you know, God always has something better and bigger um, for God's people. And here we are in Leviticus, where God is speaking to Moses and he's laying down all these laws um, that are to help the Israelites live holy, holy lives to God. And what we see here specifically in Leviticus 25, our passage, is that there is a new law that God gives them for when they enter the promised land in Canaan. So he's already established the law of the Sabbath. Um, One day in the week is mine. You are to rest, you know, rest your life and to surrender it to me and to worship me. But here he says to Moses, I'm going to add another one. When you enter the promised land of Canaan, you are to have have a Sabbath year. So every seven years is a year where you are to rest the field. See, God always knows what's best for his people and what's best for his church. And God knew that to keep his people in a place of dependency and faith towards him, he needed to command them that in this promised land of milk and honey, where there is an abundance, you are to work and harvest six years of that, but in the seventh year, you have to trust me. And in the the seventh year, you have to live on what you reaped and sowed in the first six years. So there's always a reason why God says you must rest a field. It was not only good for them physically, and mentally, because harvesting is hard work. But even it was actually best for the field itself. Because when you rest a field, you know, the nutrients start to get back in the soil. Because the nutrients sometimes can't get back in when the, the land is worked too hard. And so here we are at our final PM service as we lay down this field to rest. Because just as God has, had spoken to Moses and asked for a Sabbath year of rest... So we believe prayerfully as a pastoral team that we need to go into a season of resting this field, that it's the best thing physically and mentally for our people, but it's actually also going to be the best thing for our church. Because as a church, as I mentioned, we have so many different fields. 
We have a field in C3 Queenbian when we planted that church. We have a field at C3 Cares. We have the AM service as a field. We have youth here every Friday. That's another field where God reaches people. Connect groups in, in multiple suburbs all across Canberra is another field of our church. We have outreach programs like Kids Hope where we send people out to a school and just invest in the lives of children. We have meals ministry when someone might lose a loved one or when someone has a new baby, we are sending meals to those people to help them. We have playtime during the week. Basically, we have so many fields in our church that we are reaping in that are going strong. And as we rest this field, this PM service, we are going to actually be investing more energy into those things so that we can harvest more in those areas. You see, God knows what we need as a church. He is our Lord. And so when it comes to this land, you could say God is our landlord. So landlords always do what is best for the home. Um, Quite often you see landlords will sometimes move tenants out because what they want to do is they want to renovate their home because they want to do what's best for the home. The home might need just, just a refreshing. And so what the landlord will do is move the tenants out. They will, they will build it. They will grow the house. They will, they will make it way nicer. And then they'll bring the tenants back in because landlords will do what's best for their home. You know, Emily and I, we're renovating our, our ensuite right now at home. And we're so blessed to be able to do it. Um, one small thing which is annoying is that we actually can't now live in our master bedroom, which is, you know, backs onto the ensuite, because it's just so cold in there because there's no walls. Um, you know, it's so dusty. And so we've actually moved ourselves to the other end of the house. And it's kind of annoying, like, yeah, first world problem. But, you know, late at night and early in the morning when it's freezing cold, we actually have to run to the other end of the house because all our clothes are still in the walk-in robe. And then we have to run back to the other bar bathroom which we're using and it's not as um, spacious as the old one and you know the bedroom's a lot smaller than our master bedroom but you know it's one of those things because we can see that every week something is getting built you know even though it's it's inconvenient at this time what we know is that we're going to come back into something that's going to be more beautiful more better than before and so it's the same thing for our church that as we rest this field we have to have the faith to believe in God that he will build something bigger and better and stronger for us to come back into and to plan again into the future amen to those who have faith to give God a clap offering when I'm preaching good So what do we do while this field is resting? Let's see again what God said in Leviticus 25, verses 6 to 7. He said, Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. This is what I love. Whatever the land produces, it may be eaten. So the way that God showed it to me for tonight's message is that you can basically use this time now that we're going to have for whatever you want, whatever is food for you. And so what do you enjoy? That's the question I want you to think about. What actually refreshes you? What honors God on the Sabbath? Because even though we don't have a PM service now, you know, this is a moment and an opportunity for us to do those things that maybe God wants us to, to do more of. And maybe that's just time to yourself. 
You know, I think we all need more time to ourselves sometimes just to relax and refresh and to reflect on things. That might be something that you want to do. Uh, maybe it is more time with God. So I know that we're finishing a service, but that doesn't mean your time with God has to change. Maybe you need more personal time with God, listening to worship music. Or here's nothing. Maybe the PM service can be at your house now. Maybe you can invite people over for, for dinner. Maybe you can have dinner parties and a little connect group or watch a message. Or, or the, the, your time with God doesn't have to change. If anything, it can get more personal if you want to do that. Or maybe it's just time spent building more relationships in your life. You know, maybe there's those relationships that you have struggled to find time with that now you want to go deeper in. Maybe there's people in your connect group you want to hang out with. You know, maybe there's, there's work colleagues you want to hang out with. Maybe there's family that you want to catch up with. These are opportunities now that as a church we get to do, not only after the AM service, we can go out for lunch, but we can do it at dinner time as well. So God actually is going to do an amazing thing in this time. It's a season of rest, but it's still going to actually be a season of harvest if you'll be intentional about it. See, verse 7, I love it. Whatever the land produces, it may be eaten. So in other words, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, it is to be enjoyed. You know, maybe it's as simple as starting, you know, maybe you want to start being healthier and exercising more. Maybe you want to be more social and go do some things. Whatever you do, it's okay. God wants you to use this to, to just to refresh and connect with God and connect with people. You know, how encouraging is God's word today, even out of Leviticus? I think it's awesome. Because, you know, Leviticus gets a hard rap, doesn't it, from us Christians? You know, it's funny. Leviticus is actually one of the last uh, books in the Bible that a Christian will study. But it's, it's really funny. I read that traditionally Leviticus was actually the first book that was studied by a Jewish child even though we have made it the last one. Because, you know, we just see it as, our oh, boring Leviticus. You know, it's just full of stupid rules about diet and social behavior and sacrifice. But see, the content of Leviticus was originally meant to instruct the new nation of Israel in proper worship and right living so that they might reflect the character of God. See, as God now moves and, like, and shoots us into all these different places into all these different fields during this season of no PM services. Make sure you intentionally decide not to waste it. Because, you know, the devil loves, loves to snatch things. And so if, if you don't intentionally decide what I'm going to do with this time, whether that's my own personal rest or investing in other people or being more social or starting a hobby that I want to do, the devil will snatch it and it'll just be filled with just boring routine stuff and it'll just feel like a waste. But, you know, I just want to encourage you all, be intentional. What are you going to do in this time that God's going to bless us with? You know, and I believe that if we do those things that will energize us and refresh us, it will help us as individuals to even give more energy and passion back into those other fields. Maybe, maybe God wants to challenge you now to attend the AM service more regularly. Maybe God wants to challenge you now with this extra time to, you know, um, attend Connect Group more regularly. What is it that God wants to encourage you to do in this time? Maybe God wants you to invest in, in new members of our church. He wants you to connect them in and have them over for dinner, make them feel welcome, and actually do what Jesus did, sit down, build relationships over a meal. Because, you know, there are just so many other fields that are still out there 
that are still healthy, that are still harvesting. And, you know, Jesus put it this way. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Some of you are like, thank God, a New Testament scripture. Luke 10, verse 1 to 2. Let's just read it a bit more clearly. So here, Jesus had just talked about the cost of, of following him. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and he, and he sent them. So Jesus just, with 72 others, he just, you know, sent them just out. It said, two by two. Where I was sent two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to do, about to go. So Jesus sent two out there, and then Jesus said, "I'm going to send two of you out there. I'm going to send two of you out there because I want to get into this place and I want to reach these people." He told them, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask me, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into his harvest field." In other words, his encouraging thing. While one field, yes, is about to rest, another field is always ready to be harvested. God is not short of fields that are ready to be harvested. You know, this, this is honestly a great thing for our church. This is an awesome thing for our church. This is a, a God strategic thing for our church. And we should be proud of ourselves, what we have achieved in the PAIM service to this date. But there is a time and season for everything under heaven. And this is a season of resting this field while it's time to push in deeper and harvest in the next. What field is God sending you to now? What relationship is God asking you to build? What hobby is God asking you to maybe pick up again? What lifestyle does God want you to introduce or to change? What other thing does God want you to attend more regularly? And as we rest this field, I'm believing, and I guess proclaiming Romans 8.28 over this church. And we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God is going to work all these fields together for the good. Yes, this is resting, but the other is reaping. Be assured, God is working through this season. I might grab the worship team up to join me. Because I just believe that, you know, we just have one last moment where I want us to give a great praise and thanksgiving offering to God. Because, you know, this is, like I mentioned... This is a great thing, what we're doing for our church. You know, I just believe that we are going to go into a season of a whole new momentum into these other areas, these other fields in our church. I believe the AM service is going to grow. You know, I believe connect groups are going to grow. You know, even though it doesn't make sense, but we're doing one less service. But that's, God doesn't work like that. God works in behind the scenes and he's going to build and develop things in this time. Psalm 100 says this, and we often mention it at the start of, of services, church services, because it's a, such a powerful passage. It says in Psalm 100 that we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's how we should always start when we pray to God or we should start a church service, and we do. We start by singing thanksgiving and praise to our God. And I just thought that we should maybe honour and thank our God for everything that he has done as we now end this season. Just because we start a season, our church, with thanksgiving and praise 
Maybe we should also end this season as we lay this field down to rest. Let's do it in an atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving. Because this, this field is not dying. This field is regaining the nutrients that it needs to get built up again so that when we launch, we're going to be in such an incredible momentum that seriously, we're going to want to have services over 100 people in the PEAM service. Our PEAM service is one day going to be just as big as what our AM service currently is because of this season of rest. Nothing goes to waste in the kingdom of God. So I want to invite everyone to stand to your feet. I believe the Prince of God is here and I want to honour our King and our God for everything that He has done for us in this season of a PM service. Who knows that God has blessed you in the PM service in this season? You know, I just want us to pray and thank our God for all He has done. For mighty are His works and nothing will go to waste in the Kingdom of God. And so I'm going to lead us in, I guess, a prayer of thanking and honouring God. And if you want, you can clap your hands and make some noise when we do this. Or you can stand there disappointed or you can be excited about it. So right now, come on, let's, let's close our eyes. We're going to fill this place and end this service with praise and thanksgiving to our God. Heavenly Father, we stand here in gratitude for all you have done. We honour you and give you all the glory. Hey, can we give God a clap offering for every healing that we've seen in this service? Can we give God a clap offering for every word that is spoken in this service? Can we give God a clap offering for every breakthrough that He's done in this service? Come on, for every baptism that God has done in this service. Can we worship God for every salvation that we've seen in this service? For every friendship that we've made in this service? For every moment that we've felt in His presence? Can we just continue to praise God and raise a hallelujah for every gift that has been unlocked and unleashed in this service? For every demon that has been defeated in this service? Can we glorify God for every bit of heaven that has been opened over us and blessing that has fallen in this service? Father God, we bless you and we honour you with hearts of praise. God, and we believe that the best is yet to come. And we thank you for all that you have done. And as we lay this field down to rest, God, we ask that you will strengthen every area of our church and every relationship in this new season. For the best is yet to come in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's raise a hallelujah. Let's finish on praise and thanksgiving in the house tonight. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.